Man, I don't know where y'all got that announcement, girl, but I like her. I just... Come on. For our guest this morning, that is my bride, <laughs> uh, my wife Megan and I. My name is Chris Fry. I'm, I'm glad to be able to lead pastor this great church called New Hope in Eunice, Louisiana. A lot of things, yeah, we can praise God for a church that's not bound by a building. Come on, somebody. Uh, the church hasn't been closed. We've just been spread out. We haven't, we haven't been able to be together, but man, what a great most of you great looking, uh, or at least you brought somebody with you that's great looking this morning. <laughs> uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Hey, listen, I, I'm going to open a little bit differently today. Uh, I want to pray. I, I know that that's a little bit of an odd way to say I'm opening differently. I, I just want to pray today. I was I was very uh, methodical. I was I was very uh, man prayerful. And it is considered as possible before I made any kind of public statement um, in all that's going on in our nation from the loss of life to injustice to, my Lord, social distancing to pandemic to pandemonium to uh, police brutality to um, rioting. And, uh, and my Lord, Jesus, I, I believe that we're seeing signs of birth pains in the earth. I don't know how you feel about what you're seeing. and But then I'm also reminded of uh, the fact that we're really just still brushing the surface of what some of you saw in the 60s taking place. And I, I don't honestly think that we're in a worse place right now. Um, if things could get worse, but God is still good. Come on, everybody. God is still on the throne. He He's not surprised by anything that's happened in the last nine months, and he won't be surprised by anything that, that happens in the next nine days. But I do believe this, if the church was as good at praying as it is at posting, then something significant would happen in our land today. So let's just open this morning and, and ask God to be with us and to hear us from heaven and believe him together to start a process of healing where he would actually have his way. Father, right now... We lift our faith. Come on, don't just listen to me pray. I want you to pray this morning. Father, we lift our faith and we speak out loud our words together. Father, we stand in the gap for our nation today. We stand in the gap for the United States of America. We stand in the gap for Louisiana. We stand in the gap for our community. Father, I thank you that you created people on purpose and every person of every color has a purpose and you see us just as we are and you made us that way. God, I thank you that when you peel back the skin, we're all the same color on the inside. We all came from Adam and the woman. And ultimately, God, we were all created in your image and in your glory. And God, I pray that we would begin to be as considerate of one another as we are ourselves. I pray that we would begin to consider one another over ourselves. That we would truly love you, the Lord our God, with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. And God, I pray that we would love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and remember the story of the Good Samaritan, the one who was outcast, the one who was least expected, but the one who stepped in when somebody needed help. He wasn't looking to serve his own purpose. He wasn't seeking a position. He was looking to serve your purpose. So God, I pray a spirit of servanthood would rise up in the house of God. I pray a spirit of reconciliation would be upon the 
people of God. And the church would lead the way in representing Jehovah Rapha, the true healer, the only healer, the only one who can take this land and turn it to him. The only one that can take a people and bring redemption that is so badly needed in every area. God, may we be aware and may we acknowledge where we haven't been, where we are, and where you desire for us to be. We plead your blood and humility today. We pray that you would help us to turn away from our wickedness and turn to you, our source, our strength, our provision, our healer, and our guide into the phases that you have for us. God, have your way in our hearts, in our homes, in our community, in our state, and in our land. I plead your blood. And we join together with millions of believers of every color and creed today, believing that you would have your way and that you would use us to accomplish it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Come on, can we just believe God? Can you give him praise as if he heard our prayer this morning? Less posting, more praying. Come on, somebody. I'm glad that you're here today on this Pentecost Sunday. Don't be afraid of the word. You came on purpose this morning, whether you knew it or not. Pentecost is just a Greek word. Penta. Kostos, which is five to the tenth power. It just means 50. He's no one to be afraid of. He is the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I can't share in one message uh, everything that I need to share about the Holy Spirit. And to your relief, I'm not going to try. You're welcome. I won't try to do that. So what I want to do is, as we go into the message this morning, I want to direct your attention to our church YouTube channel. Um, you can go to YouTube and then just search New Hope Eunice. Go ahead and throw that up right now. YouTube New Hope Eunice. That will come up. Obviously, you can find us on Facebook. Some of you are already watching us live from there. And we did an entire Wednesday night series. The first Wednesday that we began was the last Wednesday that we were able to physically gather. And so that whole time that that stay home order and the social distancing was, was at its height, we were doing a series on Wednesday night about the Holy Spirit. We were teaching and training. And so that very first week, uh, we did a message called 33% More. Um, and then the second week, these are the three messages that, like if you don't have time to listen to the whole series, which is a crock, you do have time. If you don't make time to listen to, if you don't want to listen, just listen to these three, okay? Go and listen to week two, 67% God. Many of us only serve a two-thirds God. We're good with the Father. We're good with the Son and for some reason we're creeped out by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to help you with that today. Um, the second one that I, week three, take the safety off. Um, I, I like to hunt. No, forget that. I don't like to hunt. I like to kill things um, that I can eat. I like to kill things that I can eat. And so, uh, but, but man, you miss out on a lot of opportunities if you just dry fire a weapon and, 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 if, and if you don't take the safety off. And so we want to encourage you to take the safety off. That was one of our favorites. And then week six, the purpose, the purpose of Pentecost. Again, there's like nine weeks worth of messages there on YouTube. They're all cut and edited. They're, they're not hard to find. And, and I want to encourage you, like I want to direct you 
to those messages. If you want to hear more, if you want to study more, if you want to seek God more, if you want to receive beyond just this Sunday. And what I want to do today is, is I, want to, I want to whet your appetite. I want to like, I want to stir, I want to stir a hunger, kind of set a course for you, spark an interest or, or re-spark an interest for you in the third person of God. If you're taking notes, I'm going to go this morning. Number one, He, the Holy Spirit, He is a person. And some of you, if you were listening on Wednesday night, I, man, you are sick of hearing this point. But I, I keep saying this point over and over again on purpose. Uh, he is a person. Hear me. He, he's not a mystical force. He, he's not a, a transcendental experience. He's, he's, he's not just an emotion or, 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 or something that you feel, those freezons that y'all talk about. <laughs> You're welcome. I did that just, I know, I know, okay, we've been over this already. I was just making sure you were awake and some of you were, are just woke up and you were like, what did he just say? What, <laughs> what are those? So anyway, he's, he's not just those things, okay? That, that, that may come. He, he may bring some of those things. And most of the time it's just because we have the air running and, and you're cold in, in the sanctuary. I, I know, it's cold. It's cold in the sanctuary. You, you're kind of chilly and I'm kind of sweaty. Like we meet in the middle, okay? Just, just hang in there with me and, and uh, snuggle. Or if you're married. If you're not, don't do that. Um, bring a jacket. Bring a jacket. He's a person. He's a person. Listen, he, he, he's not the little brother of the Godhead. He, he's, not, he, he's not the hokey spirit. Come on, somebody. He's, he's not the creepy spirit. Uh, he's not the optional spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And he is a person. He is a, in fact, if you want to see who he is, look at the life of Jesus. Because when you read the Gospels, you see the person of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that Jesus was full of the Spirit. I'm going to read that verse here in a little while. One of them. One of many of them. Luke 4, verse 1. This isn't in your notes. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. Man, we want to be full of the Holy Spirit and led into greatness. Jesus was led into a wilderness. What if the Holy Spirit leads you somewhere you don't want to go? My God, forbid that. You know, I thought we were just here to feel better. The Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit was the personality of the Son. Why, why do we not see Jesus from 12 to 30? Why, why do we not see a picture of him? We, we only see so much of him. Because his personality came, descended like a dove, like a dove. Not an actual dove, but like a dove. And then we begin to see 100% God. We, we have no problem believing that we are spirit, soul, and body. We, we are spirit, soul, and body. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the Godhead, we have a hard time believing that three can be one. You remove the spirit and the soul from your body and you're nothing but dust. Just like we were when we were created. Your spirit is your knowing. You have a mind. You have knowledge. You have wisdom. You have discernment. You have a soul. You have emotions. You have a heart. You have desires. You have fulfillment. You have frustrations. And you have a body that all of that mess is stuck in for a little while. The Godhead is the same way. Why do we have a hard time understanding Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? 
We have a Father. We have a Son. We have a Holy Spirit. We have the personality of Jesus, the body, the vessel that was crucified but resurrected and is alive and well today. He is a person. He's not an optional spirit. Why do I keep saying that over and over again? Because I believe that in order to develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, we must see him as a person. Because you don't develop a personal relationship with an emotional experience. You don't develop a personal relationship with a transcendental force, with a mystical moment. Come on, you don't develop a personal relationship in the morning. You develop a personal relationship with a person, with a personality, an individual. And that is who the Holy Spirit is. He is a person. Watch John chapter 16, verse 12. This is Jesus talking. He says in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. If I were the disciples, I might would have been just a little bit of offended in that moment. I mean, like, y'all left your house this morning and came to church, and you feel entitled to all kinds of stuff. Imagine how they feel. Like, they left everybody for three years. Like, they didn't even go home. And he's like, you know, I want to tell you some stuff, but you can't handle it. You ain't ready. But I'd be like, I'm ready. But what else do you need from me? He tells them, you're not ready. I want to say a lot of things, but you're not ready for them. And then in verse 13, he begins to explain why. But when the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you. He will guide you. He's a person. He will guide you. He, he, a person, not a force, not an experience, not an emotion. He will guide you into all truth. For he, look how many times he uses the word he. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Isn't that good news? Like, when, when the news begins to broadcast it, you're like, I'm, finally, I'm glad you guys finally called up. The Holy Spirit's been telling me that for six months. Some of you could sense something was going to happen in March, back in November. You had a stirring. Something was going on inside of you. You were praying harder. You were preparing for something you didn't even know for sure what it was. But the Holy Spirit was, was preparing you and, and, and leading you and directing you and saying, Hey, I know you don't see it right now, but something's coming. And you're going to need to be stronger in me than you've ever been in order just to get through the first part of it, much less to come out on the other side of it. And we still ain't out. But he knows where we're going. So... So being connected to somebody that knows my tomorrow just as well as he knows my yesterday is a little bit encouraging for me because the person of the Holy Spirit can declare to me things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me. You want to know if the Spirit of God is in something or not? Just look and see if he glorifies Jesus or the man that's being... Just, just look and see if, if God is being glorified or the person is being personified. And then you'll know whether that was the Holy Spirit or not. I'm going to come back to that. Verse 14, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will take what is mine, Jesus is saying, and he's going to declare it to you. In other words, Jesus is making sure that the church knows I am no more important than the Holy Spirit. And if you treat him like a little brother, you will miss out on what I have. There are some things that you cannot bear without him. But when he comes, 
you will begin to be able to bear them. Between John 14, 15, and 16, we see this word, the helper. I'm not going to go to all the scriptures. You'd be here too long and, and, and you, you, I'd, I'd lose you. But John 14, 15, and 16. By the way, most scholars believe that, that John 14, 15, and 16 is the time that Jesus was sitting in the house preparing to have the Lord's Supper. This was the conversation at the Lord's Supper. And at the Lord's Supper, Jesus spends time talking about the Holy Spirit. In other words, the last time we eat, the last thing I want you to remember is the one who's coming after me and will be with you until I return. That's all he's focused on. The helper, the helper, the helper. Four different times we see this word, the helper. What does the helper mean? Well, it's, it's again, it's a translation, English translation of a, a Greek word. It's actually two Greek words, para and kletos. Para, very simply, it means alongside. Kletos means to walk. So when Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, he referred to one likened unto himself, another one likened unto himself, parakletos, one who will walk alongside. Just like Jesus was walking with the disciples, come on, it, the Holy Spirit is walking with us. If we acknowledge him and welcome, welcome him, if we receive him, if we don't treat him like the hokey spirit or the creepy spirit or the optional spirit, but the Holy Spirit, the person that he is, then he will come alongside us and he will walk with us. Number two, he has a purpose. He has a purpose. Man, I have so many stories right here. In fact, I told a lot of stories in the first week one of the Holy Spirit message. I told more stories than I meant to, um, but it was, it was a Wednesday night thing. Hey, by the way, we're not like doing away with Wednesday night. We're just doing them differently. They're, they're still here. Like, we're still doing teachings. We're still preparing. We're filming. We're editing. We're producing. We just gave our student, our, we gave our worship center to students. We're just investing our people and our resource into students, into, into children, into elementary age. We've just given our campus. But, but everybody hollers amen when I say the church never closed. We were just spread out. But then all of a sudden, we get a little angst whenever I don't open the doors for all the adults to come in on Wednesday night. Hey, if we want to be a big church with small groups, let's have more small groups. Let's have more opportunities to meet together. How about you plan Wednesday night at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, which is why we aired it at 6 o'clock, whatever time works for you, or even after that if you want to. Why don't you plan right now before you leave here today with somebody that you love, a spouse, a friend, a, 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 a group of people, say, hey, Wednesday night, let's get together and actually study God's Word, not just listen to somebody else that already studied it. Oh, I done gone there. We're not doing away with Wednesday. We're just doing Wednesdays differently. Yeah. By the way, July 29th, God help us if, if everything opens the way that it, physical gatherings open. We're watching and we're listening. We're going to honor uh, the powers that be, mainly Jesus, but then uh, do our best from there. Um, we're going to do our best to honor there, but July 29th is what we're going to call Fifth Wednesday. We're going to have a big Wednesday night service. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. The Holy Spirit has a purpose. Let's see what his purpose is. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. These next scriptures will be read probably a thousand times today. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And while staying with them, Jesus was still with them. His body, his soul, his spirit was still with them. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Like, don't go anywhere 
until this happens, but wait for the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? Which he said, you heard from me. Like, we've, all, we've been talking about this. Now is the time. You heard from me. For John baptized with water, verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized. This is where we get the phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's not just an experience. It's, it's biblical. It's not, just a, it's not just a doctrine or denomination. It's just, it's, just, it's just in the Bible. It's just right there. Who cares what you think? What does the Bible say? That's, that's all that matters. Because we will give an account for our opinion and our interpretation of his word. And we want to make sure that we're on his side. Come on. It's, it's, we want to make sure that we're right with him, not just right. Verse 5, baptized with water and the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Like, Jesus didn't even have a prayer line where he laid hands on people in that moment. He basically did what I'm doing to you today. He said, I want to make you hungry. I'm going to make you go home. And I'm going to make you seek God for yourself. I'm not going to make you sit in this chair and wait till the end where you don't listen to anything that I say and you jump up and run down to the front of the church that we refer to as an altar. No, no, no. I'm going to give you God's word and what you do with it's up to you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Verse 8, same chapter, verse 8. And if you'll wait, if you'll do what I say, if you'll seek me, not an experience, but me, if you'll seek me, you will receive power. You will receive power. That, that, again, I've given you a lot of Greek words today. I don't normally do this, but it just helps us understand. Dunamis, that's, that's power. It's where we get the word dynamite. Explosive, dynamite, dunamis, power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. This is how you know. This is how you know that you receive the power. Is that you will be my witnesses. Well, what about speaking in tongues? What about it? It's biblical. Get over it. It's not a big deal. Or don't. I mean, it's up to you. Well, what about speaking? What about all these people that are speaking in tongues? Aren't they out of order if there's an interpretation? No. Study the Bible. It's not out of order to edify yourself. It's out of order to be a distraction in edifying yourself. In a service, in front of people, in public. Tongues is just the physical experience for you. Tongues is just the physical, initial physical evidence for you. You want to know the spiritual evidence? That you're a witness. Speak in tongues and be evil in English. You're false advertisement. Be a witness. This is what happens when power comes upon you. You are now a witness. To whom? All people of all color and all creed. Who give glory to God and not to themselves. Who are considerate of others over themselves. You know why we have an issue in our nation? Because we don't have the Holy Spirit in our churches. We don't have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. He's not guiding our post. He's not guiding our emotions. This wasn't even in my notes. You didn't get this if you listened to it from Thursday. This was a weekend conviction. The Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit was for the disciples to be a witness. They were not entertained. They were empowered. The Holy Spirit doesn't give you an encounter so you can be entertained and then go back home like Peter and John. Just go back home and be just like you were and then come back next week for a refill. The Holy Spirit's not a gas station. Come on, the Holy Spirit is not a buffet 
where we gorge ourselves and then we need some dessert two hours later. Come on, Cajuns. Now I'm speaking your language. <laughs> Takes one to know one, right? <laughs> I'm the same way. That's not who he is. He didn't, he didn't come so that we could just, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with him. I love that my daughters had an emotional experience in the front of a church, in an altar call, with an evangelist that laid hands. But honestly, I was kind of mad. I was like, I wanted to lay hands. Why have I not been doing what he just did? Don't wait on the church to do on Sunday what you should be doing all week. Don't wait for somebody else. Your kids don't want to hear me pray. They want to hear you pray. Your grandchildren don't want to hear me pray. They want to hear you pray. If we're a believer, we're filled with the Spirit, we're empowered to be a witness, not just to be personally entertained over and over and over and over again at the next meeting, the next revival, the next encounter, the next revelation, the next empowerment, the next conference, the next time we can physically gather. No, He never went anywhere. You've moved. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number three, He empowers to exhibit. I'm just prolonging this point. He empowers to exhibit. That is his purpose. He empowers. And then, but he empowers to exhibit. He doesn't just empower to entertain. He doesn't just empower for us to have an emotional experience. Again, nothing wrong with that. There's, it's not evil. There's nothing, unless you idolize what he does and not who he is. I need somebody to write that down. It's not in there. Let's go ahead and I want to say that three more times a day. Unless you idolize what he does over who he is. Let me say it this way. We want to experience power, but he wants to exhibit power. We want to experience power. Guys, we make the... I, Chris, again, hear me, I'm saying we. I, I have made... I'm guilty. I have made the baptism of the Holy Spirit a selfish experience. God, I want to feel you. I want to know you. I want, I want, I, I, I. And he says, Chris, it's not about you. Way beyond you. You'll be my witness in your hometown. I get a message from people from Menden, Louisiana, watching these services. I, I don't, that's got to be Jesus, y'all. <laughs> it, it has to be him. Ju Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the surrounding area, Judea, the Samaritans. It, places that you wouldn't have formally gone with people you wouldn't have formally gone to. That's what Samaria represents, by the way. White people, black people, Asian people, Latino people, the father of all, all people. I heard somebody say, God doesn't see color. Yeah, he does. He did it on purpose. He's not colorblind. He knows exactly what he's doing. He did it on purpose. And we all need the blood of Jesus. Because when you pull back the skin, we're filled with sin unless we're filled with Him. 
all people, he, he, he came, we want to experience power, he wants to exhibit power, but we bottle him up into a service. We bottle him up into a personal experience that is limited to a sanctuary or a service or an altar. And those things, again, I'm not against those things. What I'm saying is let's not limit him to that place. We cannot suffocate the Holy Spirit with selfishness. He wants us to be empowered to be a witness. Initial physical evidence of a prayer language? Absolutely. Every time in, in Scripture. Well, that's not my experience. Okay, well, just keep seeking Scripture. It doesn't have to be your experience. He does three things. He empowers me to live righteously. A, live righteously. Let me prove it with Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh. You don't just respond emotionally. You don't just react. You're in the Spirit. If, in fact, if, if, here's the witness for you to know whether you're in the Spirit or not. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So, so here's what we need you to remember as we prepare to land today is, and you may need to say this 17 times next week when you get frustrated, when you get irritated, when you get sad, when you get mad, when you get overwhelmed. His Spirit is still stronger than your struggle. His spirit, listen to me, don't fear what's to come. Fear the one who, know already, who already knows what's coming. His spirit is stronger than your struggle, than my struggle. His spirit is stronger than the stranglehold the enemy is trying to have on this nation. His spirit is stronger than the stress, than the strain. His spirit is stronger than your stagnation. His spirit is stronger than your hunger. His spirit is stronger than your temptation. His spirit is stronger than every single struggle. His spirit is strong enough, come on somebody, to protect our officers right now. His spirit is strong enough to protect our nation right now, to protect the people who are protecting us right now. His spirit is stronger than every pastor that says something stupid this morning. Come on somebody, his spirit is stronger then my struggle. This is a sub point. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Told you I'd share this scripture. He empowers me to live supernaturally. Acts 10 38. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Paul is, Luke is pointing to his humanity here. Jesus of Nazareth, the man in a body. He's body, soul, and spirit, but the man in the body, Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't say Jesus of heaven. He said Jesus of Nazareth. You know, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the person, the Holy Spirit, and with dunamis, and with power. Then, then Jesus went around doing good. And crazy, novel idea. He didn't just walk around feeling good. He walked around and he, he was doing good. That is, he went around doing good. Why? Because he was filled with the, the goodness of God and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Paul echoes this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. 
Final point, the Holy Spirit empowers me to impact eternity. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse five says, our gospel came to you not simply with words. I am supposed to impact somebody else's eternity. This is part of our mission statement. Know Jesus, find freedom, discover purpose. See, those first three were, they, they were about you and your personal relationship with Jesus. But if you get stuck in the first three, you miss the purpose of why he came. Because once you discover the first three, knowing Jesus, finding freedom, discovering your purpose in life. By the way, it's your ministry. That's what we're talking about. We're, you're discovering your ministry in and through the church and, and especially outside of the walls of the church. Then you begin to impact eternity. Our gospel didn't come to you just with words. It's not just man's wisdom. Hey, somebody, I saw some earlier this week, somebody said, man, I have lost my hope in humanity. No, you were lost when you put your hope in humanity. I put my hope in Him. Humanity doesn't surprise me because I know how I am. <laughs> and I know who I would be without Him. And if it weren't for Him, and may I also just say her, Him using her, and incessantly, constantly, accountably, people like her, elders and mentors and reverse mentors like staff members. See, I'll let anybody tell me I'm being stupid. I might get mad for the moment, but I'd rather be told in the moment than pay in the mileage. I'd rather somebody correct me now than suffer the consequence later. With the Holy Spirit and with, watch this, deep conviction. We've lost our conviction. We just like to share our opinion. The problem is my opinion never saved anybody, but my opinion pushed a lot of people away. A lot of people have been pushed away by my opinion. And I want to be considerate. So I live on mission. His mission becomes my mission. Let me say this, we're closing. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. Me praying in tongues does not make me better than you. Me having a personal prayer language where I edify myself when nobody else is around. Me experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit more than once and hopefully many times again does not make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Jesus saved me, transformed me. The Holy Spirit led me to that salvation. He baptizes me in a sanctification and He empowers me to serve. So here's the Holy Spirit highlights. You ready? The Holy Spirit saved me. The Holy Spirit sanctified me. The Holy Spirit leads me in serving. I do all of those things because of Him. I do all of those things because of Him. Every single one. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. God, spark a hunger. Spark a hunger. Let your people humble themselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Let us not fear the unknown. Let us fear the one who already knows. Spark a hunger. Come on, ask him. God, make me hungry. Don't let me be satisfied. Not just another emotion, not just another experience, but an encounter. Not just with what you have to offer, but with who you are. Make us hungry, God. Help us be considerate of others over ourselves.
Help us to see people as you see people. Help us to love you and love one another. For every believer, every follower of Jesus in the room and listening online, I want to invite you to dig deeper. I'm going to invite you to take this message out of this worship center, away from where you are beyond this moment, into your afternoon and into your tomorrow, and seek God. Not what He has to offer, not an experience, an encounter with His presence. Seek Him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Preterance. Right now, maybe later tonight, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're saved, you've received salvation, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, baptize me in your spirit. I receive you, Holy Spirit. And then you wait and you pray as the Spirit gives you utterance. It can't be that simple. Well, it's that biblical. Now, if you need to know, if you wonder, man, I just don't know where I am with Jesus. I'm not confident of who I am in Christ. He's confident of who you could be. But you've got to receive. If you need to receive salvation today for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want to invite you right where you are to open up your hands in your lap. Prepare your heart. You can begin to ask forgiveness right now. You can begin to call upon the name of the Lord right now. And church, I want to encourage you to come together and let's unite our words with our faith and support every person that needs to commit or recommit their life to Jesus right now. Come on, let's pray this together. Jesus, forgive me where I've fallen, where I've been distracted, where I've been selfish. Save me. Cleanse me. Use me. I believe you died on the cross. You were raised from the dead. You gave your life so that I could live. Then you left, but you sent the Holy Spirit to walk with me every day. I believe all that you have is available to me. May I follow you with all of my heart from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God praise this morning.